This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. All right, welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holters with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with the man we call Shop, a.k.a. Barbershop, a.k.a. The Spider, 10-year National Football League veteran Sean Barber. As the Chiefs now, this uh, Defending the Kingdom podcast, by the way, brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, perfect for 2020 to get you rolling, uh, get ready for the playoffs. But this is going to be an interesting podcast because we're entitling it The Climb Up Kilimanjaro, meaning the climb to get to this point, and what does it mean? And basically, as you know, you faithful listeners, and I hear from you all the time around the world, basically, listen to this podcast, you know we break it down into quarters, and Shop and I are going to take each quarter of the season and make that a quarter. What did we learn? Let's go back and revisit. It's interesting, uh, Sean, I was on uh, with uh, Sports Radio 810 with Jason Anderson. He goes... You know, going he played the McCole Hardman return. He goes, it's good to go back to that time yeah. and thinking, what were you thinking at that time? <laughs> because we read the book and put it away and go, oh, yeah, I see how it ends. But you don't go back at Chapter 6 and go, what was I thinking in Chapter 6? Or what was going on in Chapter 5? That's what we want to do in this podcast. Man, so many times with so many different players on this roster, you can look back at Weeks 1, 2, 3, um, Weeks 7, 8, 9, and see how um, the time was put in to sacrifice um, the coaching staff just just when all when all signals were pointing to give up on a player or move on or let's try something new, uh, whether it was fumbles, whether it was mis- mismanaging punts, returning balls from inside to five, instead of them just moving on, it's like, no, he's a young man. he got plenty of talent. We'll learn from this. We'll learn from this. Uh, it, it, it'll end up paying his due, paying off um, as the season goes on. That was a good lesson learned. And I think McCole Hardman is, is a good guy to start with um, because it, there were some punts that he was fielding inside the 10-yard line that Coach Tobe was like, yeah, we, we probably shouldn't have failed that one or he could have let that one go or we needed a better return, more north-south on that return. But as you saw him building, 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 and then for that baby to pop in week 17 against the Chargers uh, when it was about to be a one-score game and that 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 return really broke things open, um, that, that's the – uh, that, that's that's how you want to draw it up. That's how a coach wants to draw it up for things to um, be building, 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 and then for things to be hitting on all cylinders here in week 17 um, as you launch into the playoffs. Keep that McCall Hardman thought because we're going to talk about that as the first quarter of our podcast deals with the first quarter of the season, the first four games. Let's go back and revisit those and what it meant to build this team to this point to try to have success in the playoffs. And to me, Shop, the first four games of the year, winning on the road. This Chiefs team was 7-1 and one away from Arrowhead Stadium, 6-1 and one in true road games. That has not happened since the 1969 Chiefs. Two years in a row now, the NFL has asked the Chiefs to play three of their first four games on the road. Two years in a row, they've gone 6-0 and oh on the road in September. Tall task. But this Chiefs team showed me a lot by being able to win in Jacksonville, in Oakland, and then to have to get a basically a last-game scoring drive 
to beat, at that time, Mm -hmm. a team with a Detroit team that had lots of life. Man, people talk about timing and things like that. When Offensively, usually it takes a while for your timing to get down with a quarterback, wide receiver. Um, Even even a field for, you know, when you're calling plays, you know, a coordinator sometimes has to get his plays, his players get used to him in in game situation. He wants to kind of feel them out. So it takes a few weeks to get used to each other. Um, Over the the last few seasons, what you've seen here with with Coach Andy Reid and the Chiefs is we've been starting fast. Every season, our offense is something you got to reckon with. You better be able to reckon with them out the shoot weeks one through four. Um, if not, we'll put 45 points on you in a blink. Um, and, and so that's what you've seen um, here in Kansas City. Early on in the season, um, even away from Arrowhead, we haven't needed the, the 12th man. We haven't needed the crowd to, the, the, to help the defense out, to cheer them on, because our offense has been so potent. Um, usually in those games, by halftime, the Chiefs are up. They have control of the game. Um, defensively, uh, whatever adjustments you're trying to make to Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid aren't working. Uh, and, and, and it's been something where we've been able to kind of roll on teams early uh, in the first quarter of the season. And this, this season was, was just the same. To me, the toughness of this team showed up in the first four games of this season. And we know that the Chiefs may or may not get a two home games, depending on how this all plays out in the playoffs. But this team is built to go anywhere. They can go to Baltimore and win. They can go anywhere else and win because they've proven that. The second part, and this goes back to what you alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, and that was the development of me of Hardman. Um, as I look back at this team overall, This Kansas City Chiefs team missed 259 quarters from its starters. Mm. That's not other dudes. That's the starters. That's the 22 guys I took at the beginning of the Jacksonville game in week one and said, all right, how many games and much time did these guys miss? Let me just go through these. It starts with Tyreek Hill. He lost 23 quarters of football, right? Mm. So if you count four quarters a game, do the math. That's five and a half games. With Hill out, Damian Williams lost 22 quarters during this season. But the fact that McCall Hardman was there, speed-wise, threat-wise, remember the 83-yard touchdown against Baltimore in week three. People forget that game. Um, But his ability to develop as a receiver and a returner, I thought – was uh, monumental for this climb up Kilimanjaro. Man, and not only the um, not not only his his pedigree as far as a wide receiver and a, and a specialist, but the the foresight that Brett Veach and Coach Reed had to even bring him into the fold, knowing that there are some things off the field that might be going on with Tyreek Hill. Not even foreseeing the injury factor, just there might be some games he missed. He might not be with us at the beginning of the season. So let's get this young uh, speedster and this guy from Georgia, right? Stats didn't jump off the page because Georgia's a run-first team. But but when they went and did, did the personal workout, his his skill set was something Coach Andy Reid could, could really see fitting in this offense and being able to be a good um, um, a, a good weapon adjacent to Tyreek Hill, but also a good weapon if you had to replace a Tyreek Hill. Um, we know that the Cheetah, man, he's 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 a Pro Bowl, uh, All World Wide Receiver. He runs some killer routes. He has the elite top level speed, and it's hard to to replicate the offense if you don't have that factor. If you built the offense with with that being a component and defenses. Are, are adjusting to that that speed, and then if, if there's a, a reason why that speed ain't out there, um, sometimes defense will they'll play you a little differently. They might not be as as fearful of manning up and and rerouting you and getting in your face because they they don't fear the other the other receivers as much as they do uh, Tyreek Hill. But now you see McCole Hartman, and now you see that guy. Hey, he runs four three two. He got that. He has the afterburners too. They calling him the Jet. Uh, so when you see that. 
uh, prance out on the field. Um, you, you know, there's something uh, there, there's something special uh, with that kid, and he just kept building. He kept working at it. Um, he didn't come in here with an eagle on his shoulder. He just came in and gave uh, uh, Coach Greg all the, all he could. He just man came to work since training camp, trying to get better, learn his routes, learn to be a receiver, and uh, it's paying off. Great uh, return on their investment when you talk about um, uh, a draft a draft pick at, at McCole Hartman. Yeah, other offensive injuries, just looking at this list. Fisher missed 32 quarters mm-hmm. uh, at left tackle. I'll get into the defensive injuries as we go into the second quarter. But the first quarter of our podcast, Defending the Kingdom, the climb up Kilimanjaro, what has happened and what does it mean from here on, is one, this team, Road Warriors. Two, the development of younger guys like a McCall Hardman. The second quarter, and this is the, where it gets rough. This is a bit of the rock slide. Yeah. Uh, on this climb as we go. And that was the one and three second quarter. And uh, interesting here, but I thought even from these four games, there were some positives. One was the fact that Matt Moore comes in as, as Mahomes goes down in that heap of bodies with that dislocated kneecap against uh, the Denver Broncos after the Chiefs had lost to Houston in Indianapolis in back-to-back weeks. Matt Moore comes in and finds Tyree Kill for 57 yards and a touchdown the defense got a takeaway. They also continued AFC West dominance because mm. they blew out Denver. And at the time, Denver wasn't the Denver that it turned out at the end of the season, although Drew Locke had them rallying at the end. But the point is the fact that this Chiefs team, even in some losses, developed some scar tissue and muscle mass that can help them in the playoffs. Yeah, it was like each, each, each week we either won – or we learned a lesson. There was no losses in the first half of the season. It, it was it was a, a we we went out there with an agenda to either work on something offensively, defensively, um, to to progress. Uh, we had some young guys replacing some of that that uh, next man up mentality. So it, it seemed like in the second quarter of the season, the goal was just to persevere, keep persevering, keep just keep chipping away, keep chipping away. Everybody in the room get better. Make sure everybody knew what they supposed to do until the starters got back. And the amazing thing about Matt Moore was he wasn't even here for preseason. <laughs> for he wasn't here for camp. He's not a guy that's been 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 in Andy's Reid offense before. Uh, Henny goes down, and and we 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 enter the season kind of without a true number two because we, we we're counting on Mahomes to be there. And when Mahomes goes down, uh, Matt Moore is signed pretty much off the street. Um, another just a testament to Brett Veach and his staff being ready for anything. Uh, being ready for uh, what do you call a doomsday situation um, when your quarterback, um, your, your MVP quarterback goes down and you have to find somebody that's going to come in. Um, and at the time, you didn't know if it was going to be two weeks, six weeks. You didn't know that we didn't know the time frame. Uh, but what we found very early from Matt Moore is that he was capable, comparable and able to uh, step up to the task. The other thing I saw was the development of these younger defensive guys. And just for a frame of reference, in the Colts game, injured and inactive, Tyreek Hill, Eric Fisher, Alex Okafor. Against the Houston Texans, inactive, injured. Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens, Eric Fisher, Chris Jones. Mm. We forget about these things. Then you look at the loss to Green Bay, which was a heck of a game. That's where Matt Moore was the starter. Patrick Mahomes, Kendall Fuller, Frank Clark, Eric Fisher, Chris Jones did not play in those games. We, we kind of lose sight of that when you go, well, that's an L, it's a W, that's an L. So, to me, what happened in that second quarter that has helped this team get ready for the playoffs and win in the playoffs is the development of the younger guys. We saw Tano Passanio. He was awesome. He sacked 
Uh, Aaron Rodgers yep. twice in the Green Bay game. Derek Nottie became a beast in the run game. Uh, the personification of watching him and you and I watching Brandon Daly coach him in camp. <laughs> Find him, rid him, rid the guy, rip him off, and go to head the tackle. And then Juan Thornhill. We started to see what makes Juan Thornhill special. Chiefs will not have him in the playoffs with the ACL injury. But that second quarter of the season, many fans would say, man, that was awful. Just get rid of it. No. There were some redeeming values in there and the development of those young defensive guys. Yeah, especially on that, like you say, on that defensive side of the ball. There are some boxes that need to be checked every season. All right, you got to be able to stop the run. You got to be able to get after the quarterback. You got to have the right kind of leverage on man coverage. You got to be able to be able to be very quick to respond out of zone. Can't give up uh, big chunk plays. You know, those are game beaters. Can't give up big chunk plays. So those boxes at some point in the season have to be checked. And going through that first first quarter of the season, offense was rolling, so defensively, we, we didn't even have to check the boxes. The defense kind of was on the ride. Um, in that second quarter, uh, and especially when Matt Moore was starting, we, we, defense had to show up. And not only just show up and be a part of it, they had to kind of lead the fight. They had to go in there fist blazing, getting ready to, uh, to punch first um, and let the offense kind of fill in the gap. And they, they did that, and they did that in a big way. And you mentioned the, the, uh, the, the progress of uh, Derek Nottie and uh, Sanders and, and Passano. Passano, man, is kid from Villanova who couldn't get on the field last year. Everybody's kind of written him off a year ago as being a, a draft bust. Um, you know, I mean, he, he looks the part, but he, you know, he laid off the ball and this and this. And Andy Reid let him, Spagnola, get him on the field. Let, let the, let, let's see if he can actually play if we put him on the field before we say what he can't do. Let's actually see what he can do. And when they allowed him to kind of be unshackled and put on the field, man, you just saw so many good things, so, so many splash plays from this young guy. Um, he kind of deserved to play more. And when you're trying to build that that eight-man roster on the defensive front, you want eight bodies and go out there and rotate. Pass knows the guy that, st- that definitely st- stood out to you. Absolutely. I think he set up the rest of his career, quite honestly. All right, we're at halftime in our look at the climb-up Kilimanjaro. Uh, and we mentioned, let's go back to the way we started this, stoop because a part of a training camp, the pressure was, let's just go right back to the AFC Championship <laughs> game and pick it up where D. Ford went offside. It's not the way it works. I'm going to repeat it. You can go back. You'll hear this on a couple different podcasts if you go back and archive it and look at it, is the fact that there are no ski lifts. Mm-mm. You start at the bottom of the mountain. But this team, I'm proud of the way they've climbed it. Yeah, it was no free passes. Um, I think, and that's what when you when you're part of the media and you hear the reports, everybody said, "Who's your favorite to be uh, in 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 Miami at the Super Bowl?" And you heard on the AFC, it's the Chiefs, it's the Patriots, um, it's, it's the Ravens, it's whoever it is at the beginning of the season. And you think those teams just have a free pass, like they can just come in, show up for uh, the 16 games, and somehow when the playoffs start, they'll still be around. Uh, that's not always the case. Um, but what we did is went to work. The defense was, uh, you know, it went through a complete overhaul. New coaches, um, uh, the roster got turned over, and those guys had to learn how not to just learn the defense, go out and play, communicate with one another, trust one another, have the confidence that when you tell me you're going to be in a certain spot at a certain time, I got to be able to go fast and know that you got, you know, that we on the same page. And in and, and, and that first half of the season, even when we gave up 30 points or 35 points, the thing that was so surprising, not surprising to us because we hear him all the time, but how Honey Badger talked to the media. I like what I'm, I, I like the guys I'm working with. He was so positive about, and it wasn't just coaches talk. He was calling it like, man, I, I like what I'm hearing. I'm getting some good feedback. I'm, I'm, we're learning. We're working with each other. It wasn't even about the scoreboard. They were just having so much fun defensively working with one another, and you saw that carrying over in the practice field, and then in the second half of the season, as we come out of halftime, we'll see how it carried over into the game. 
Yeah, and as you're listening to this, it was seven years ago today. On this Thursday, I got the call. They said, hey, Andy's coming, and everything changed. He has been brilliant this year, brilliant in seven years, but no other can get a team through flashpoints than Andy Reid. And this year, as you mentioned it, the, the veterans, too, stepping up, guys like the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. We're at halftime of this Defending the Kingdom podcast, the climb up Kilimanjaro. What's happened, and what does it mean as the Chiefs go into the playoffs, celebrating a bye week um, before they play divisional playoff football? All right, there's your, you're going to get one second uh, for your halftime. There it is. All right, now we go to the third quarter. Hope you got your restroom break, got your orange eaten, because uh, now we're going to the third quarter. And this is when things started to get interesting mm-hmm. and when the toughness of this team, the, pay, uh, the payoff started to happen. Third quarter of the season, 3-1, and one, and it starts with a victory over, at the time, red-hot Minnesota Vikings. Remember, they had the top runner in the NFL. Dalvin right. Cook was coming in. Cousins was hot. Stephon Diggs, outstanding wide receiver. Let me read you the inactives for the Minnesota game. Patrick Mahomes, injured. Kendall Fuller, injured. Frank Clark, injured. Uh, Eric Fisher, injured. Leray DuVernay-Tardif, injured. Mm-hmm. Alex Okafor, injured. The Chiefs won this game. Matt Moore was outstanding. Damian Williams had a 91-yard run. There was a 41-yard pass to Tyree Kill. And Harrison Butker showed some guts and ears and stones and everything else you want to say by hitting two clutch field goals. But the Chiefs beat uh, one of the NFC's best teams shorthanded. Yeah, and they were shorthanded, man. And, and, and the Vikings came in with all the momentum. Um, Having that defense coming off of last year's defense, which was a top three defense, now that, you know, first half of the season they're rolling, the normal Vikings, skull claps going, they're traveling, half our stadium, right, don't want to bring that up, but half the stadium is full of purple, the parking lot, um, the tailgating, um, um, it, it, it was a tough environment to be in. Um, but the team drew together. They, they drew, the adversity made them draw closer. And on that field, what you saw is a team rally about, or behind a backup quarterback that they had faith in. They could play the system. They could, they, 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 they could compete in the system under Andy Reid and give us a chance to win. But we knew the defense had to be lights out. We knew the special teams, Bucker had to be lights out. And the defense just made stop after stop. The end of that game, when Minnesota had the ball and they, they needed to drive it, to try to get, you know, uh, unbreak the tie. Instead, the tide got turned. Our defense stood up. We got the ball back for our offense to go and get in field goal range so that Buck could kick, could kick it and win it for us. Um, and then you look at the state of that game. Uh, things were tight, right? The, the Chiefs and the Chargers battling for first place. No team wants to slip. <laughs> well, we going into a game against a NFC powerhouse with our backup quarterback. Oh, you know, with Chiefs, they're going to lose that game. Chargers going to win. So now the Chargers going to take first place. You hear all of those, those, those whispers going on behind the scenes and other locker rooms on the, on the on TV. But here on the practice field, guys went to work. They just kind of kept, kept chopping away. Let's find a way to win this week. And uh, like I said, man, when, when you get a team around adversity that draws themselves closer, not only did it pay off that week against the Vikings, but I think right now, going into the postseason, it's paying true dividends right now. And this is where we started to see this Chiefs team be really good against the run. Definitely. Dalvin Cook, 3.4 carries. The NFL's leading rusher coming into this game. The longest Viking run was 12 yards and we're thinking hmm okay well maybe this defense is coming on against the run now they're going to say well what happened the next week because we saw the Tennessee Titans uh, bust some long runs uh, with Derrick Henry getting the longest one that 69 yard run but even the Tennessee game 
well, first of all, it ended up manure fertilizer. That was my tweet of a couple <laughs> weeks ago. It got retweeted after the game on Sunday. Yeah, it did. Because losing the Titan game. Yeah, a little manure. It, is that manure? No, man, that's fertilizer. Fertilizer. Fertilizer because the Chiefs got the waiver claim on Terrell Suggs. Because after this game, Chiefs are 6-4. and four, But – uh, they push on to that. I'm going to lead you to what I thought was the seminal part game of the season, and that was the win in Mexico City over the Chargers. Again, we think we, – we, we read the end of the book and put it away. Think about Chapter 6 against the Chargers and what is happening at the end of Chapter 5. Chargers or maybe the Raiders ready to take out the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are 6-4. They are not a playoff team. This isn't a team that can win at all. I can hear all those national shows. And then to go to Mexico City and to do what they did was impressive. Yeah, after the loss to the Packers and the, and the uh, Titans, everybody had kind of written the, the Chiefs off. If, if, if Pat don't come back, this team is an 800 team at the at the best. And they got the the Raiders of the red hot coming at them. Gruden in his 10-year plan is uh, Josh Jacobs is in full effect. They got Rivers on his swan song. He's making things happen with his two-headed running backs with Gordon and Eckler. Those guys are playing phenomenal. It's The AFC West is up for grabs is what they said. Historically, maybe not, but this year is going to be different. This year, uh, uh, finally all that talk about the Chargers taking over the West will come true. Man, that was a bunch of BS, man. None of that stuff is true. Andy Reid has dominated this AFC West since he got here. Uh, 25 some out of 27 wins, something like that. Some kind of phenomenal stat he got going on with AFC West victories. Um, but he kept that dominance going. It didn't matter at, at, at that point in the season what the other teams was doing. He kept his eyes in his backyard. He made sure we were taking care of business every week, being as prepared to play as you can be going into that week, preparing for that opponent, not looking ahead, not looking behind, taking care of that week's opponent. And each week the team is built closer and closer. Mexico City was a big production. It was a – for the entire – we talked about the trainers and the equipment people and all the – all the staff that had to go to go to uh, put on uh, that game in Mexico City to, to put all – to invest all that time and resources, you had to come away with a win. Yeah. The, the, the team that won that game was definitely going to be the team in the driver's seat in the AFC West. And when, the, when that game got rolling and you felt that, that, that emotion and that excitement in Mexico City and to walk away off that field victorious – uh, if you haven't been to Mexico City, it's about a, a, a mile's walk away from the field back to the st- <laughs> back to the locker room, and a bunch of burnt hamstrings uh, from the players happen. But you could see the uh, the resolve and the and the and the this the amount of emotion and excitement that they they went there, they they came, they conquered, they saw, uh, they won that game and took control of the AFC West right there in Mexico City. I thought too, this was the game. It's like watching your son or daughter grow up, and then they go to another level, mm. and it's it's not being the having the best clothes. It's being the toughest and fighting through, getting mm. that math assignment done where they were grinding through it. Patrick Mahomes in this game showed me as much as throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. It sounds ludicrous. Patrick Mahomes willed his team to win in that game. The stats were not pretty. 19 to 32, 182, uh, touchdown, and he threw a pick. Five rushes for 59 yards, a 24-yarder that I'll remember to start the third quarter that got the Chiefs 
enough of a cushion to stay ahead, like playing tennis. Now I got two. I'm forty fifteen uh, ahead in tennis. It was Mahomes' toughness in that game that showed me that he had taken his game up to another notch that went way beyond stats in winning your fantasy league. Yeah, man, and, and, not, and not only is that is his leadership, right? Um, that that was one of the games where you where you, where you could tell that the uh, the team with the with the with the with the with the leader on the sideline it had to be a player, not a coach, but the player, the leader, the the one that showed the most leadership amongst his 53 that could get the guys to rally around him was going to be the guy that won the game. And we all know, hey, man, Phillip Rivers is a great competitor. He's a great competitor, but as far as a leader, there's not there's not many guys that lead their teams the way that Pat Mahomes does. He, he has everybody's ear. Everybody respects him because he shows up early, he stays late. He's always working on his craft. No matter how many times people say he's the master of many arm slots and throwing from the back foot and forth, he's always trying to get better. He's always and he's putting in the time to get better. It's not just uh, 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 just talking to talk. He walks the walk every day here on the practice field, and these guys are sold out. And they're really, you know, they're following through a brick wall. They're, they're walking to any kind of fight, street fight, uh, in the ring, wherever you want to fight. The Chiefs, you got to believe PM fifteen will be the first guy in there throwing the punch for you. So he's been doing a great job all year of doing that, showing that leadership. And like you said, that helped us turn the page um, to take control of the AFC West there in Mexico City. And go way back. I think it's our first or second podcast. What does Mahomes do for an encore? Where does he go from here? To me, I show you the game in Mexico City because that's the next step. Because we know, Barbershop, you played this game for 10 years. To win playoff games, more often than not, they're going to be like this Mexico City game. They're not necessarily going to be a 380-yard, five-touchdown mm-hmm. game. They might happen. He's got the ability to do that. I gave the baseball analogy. instead of, And here's what, taking t- what teams gave him, and I'll take it. I'll take it. But when you throw me the pitch on the outside corner and I try to pull it, I either strike out or pop up. So I'm going to take that baby to right That's field right. for a double. However, if you make a mistake and throw me on the inside half, it's gone. And that's what Mahomes showed teams he can do. To me, that has to be terrifying to any Chiefs opponent. Yeah, he, that, was the, that was the first time we saw it, but he, we've seen it many times after that game. That was the breakout game for him because he realized, I don't have to throw 300 yards and, and four touchdowns in order to beat a squad. We have enough balance on this team. Our defense is good enough. Our special teams are good enough. I can just go – you know, 80%, man, I can throw 20, you know, go 20 for something, 150 yards, 180 yards if need to be. But I'm able to get yards running the ball. I can run for first downs, keep the chains moving. And I think, we, like you said, we've been saying it since the first podcast, The every possession we want to end up kicking the ball, whether it's an extra point, field goal, or punting it away. But when our offense can go first down, first down, then touchdown, as opposed to one, two, three touchdown, that allows our defense to rest. That allows us to get more offensive uh, momentum. We get to see more plays. We under, we understand how they are trying to defend us when we do shifts in motion. So it allows Andy Reid's uh, um, his, his his play chart to grow as we see more plays. And so I think that's the one the one phase that Pat Mahomes has really grown leaps and bounds over is when you come back from being an MVP. And they say the reason you got MVP is because you threw for 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. Human nature wants to repeat that. Yes, Human sir. nature wants to make you, you know, thread that window every time or throw that 80-yard ball every time. He didn't do that because that doesn't give us the best chance to win ball games. And he has grown to know that what makes us a, a, a better ball team is – to get first downs, first downs, and then when we're in the red zone, then we get touchdowns. And honestly, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning showed in the playoffs they can be a high-volume passer or I can be a medium-volume passer and still win the games. If you look at the time of possession – 
during the stretch. You mentioned stay on the field, move the chains. He even ran the ball a bunch there. Uh, 34-21, time of possession at New England. Denver, 33-33. Chicago, 33-24. The Chiefs had control of those games. And the red zone numbers went way, way, way up. 12 of 18 in the six-game winning streak in the red zone. That's just toughness by Patrick Mahomes. This is our Defending the Kingdom podcast, Climbing Up Kilimanjaro. What has it meant? What can it mean? And now we go to the fourth quarter of our podcast. Mitch Holtz is with you along with Sean Barber. And that is the last four games of the year, which I call the smoke show. This was a smoke show. This was everything working together, offense, defense, special teams. It started in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Again, oh, we know how that story ended. Well, let's go back and read the chapter before that chapter. And I'm going to start with Travis Kelsey because the dude has been a warrior since July 22nd on this team. Mm. And the fact that he was productive every week, sometimes big-time productive, sometimes the difference in the game. He was what we needed. He was a jack-of-all-trades. He could go for uh, four catches and 100 yards. He could go for 11 catches and 40 yards. He could get a bunch of first downs or touchdowns. He was a red red zone threat and a first down threat. Or he was a blocker. To set somebody else free, he did. He he did everything needed at that position for this offense to continue to move. And we talk about what is the most uh, important position on the field for offense. Uh, me and some of my ex players from my ex friends, Billy Baber is one of the guys. He's a uh, ex tight end, and he tells me if you have a great elite tight end who can block and catch passes, that is one of the most feared things from a defense because he controls the safeties. He controls the middle of the field. He controls the flow of the defense. And if if a guy like that is a is, is a is a alpha dog, is a guy who um, you can't guard one on one. You got to double. Then then it leaves cracks and crevices for running backs. It leaves um, your, your speed wide receivers one on one with guys that aren't as fast as them. Um, it, it, it makes it makes the safety sometimes hesitate before they fill a gap, and that allows a, a running back like D. Williams or LaShawn McCoy to, to hit that seam and break it for for fifty or sixty yard touchdown. Um, so that that position at a tight end position is something that even when the numbers and the stats don't add up, his effectiveness and what he's done to cause a defense to change the way they play or to hesitate just a, a little bit, um, it, it sometimes is, 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 is way beyond what we actually see on the field. And he's done an amazing job of being um, a leader in that, that room as far as a tight end, but also a leader on the offense. To your point, in the New England game, they look, hey, he only had seven catches, 66 yards. Dig in a little deeper. Mm-hmm. When you dig in deeper, when the Chiefs had to answer being down 7 nothing, it was a big pass to Kelsey on, on, uh, for 19 yards. That was the catalyst for that drive. Then you go to their first touchdown drive, which ended up being a direct snap to Kelsey on the Wildcat. Uh, that was a touchdown, but it wouldn't have been there had it not been for a 20-yard pass on third down and five from Kelsey uh, or from Mahomes to Kelsey that was on that third and five driver. That might have been a field goal. So that – a perfect example of what you're saying about Travis Kelsey. The rest of the fourth quarter, I mentioned a smoke show. Now all of a sudden you had the defense working hand-in-glove with the offense. Defense is getting off the field. They're getting takeaways and turnovers. They hold Denver and and a hot Drew Locke at the time. Remember, read chapter 9 before you read chapter 10. Three points. Chicago, even Trubisky had it. I mean, he had a good game. Read chapter 11 before you read chapter 12. Three points. And then to come in and basically control the Chargers in that game for the most part. We, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. But the, how, are the, how has this team developed up Kilimanjaro to get ready for the playoffs? They have become a complementary football team. Yeah, they built the house uh, the way you want to build it, man, one brick at a time. Every, every brick was important. They made sure every brick was balanced 
and perfectly set before they went to the next brick. Too many teams, man, they, they, man we're not going to even worry about the, the foundation. We want to worry about the, the penthouse. Let's make sure that the, the bathroom is right. We want to put the accents on. Let's make sure the, the roof is – no, 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 no. We, we In week one, we took care of foundation. Week eight, we was on the second story. When Now it's week – uh, 17 and everything has been put in in the proper order and the team like you saying it's the smoke show everything is hitting complimentary football uh, firing on all cylinders however way you want to you, you, you want to say it this is a team to be reckoned with because when teams looked at the Kansas City Chiefs before you know what they said if we can keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes hand yes, we can just run the ball we can take the game with time of possession that's how you, that was the formula of beating the Chiefs you can, after looking at this season and looking how this defense is playing, special teams, offense, how complimentary, that is not the formula for beating the Chiefs anymore because you can hold Pat Mahomes to under 200 yards and still lose by 10 points, and we'll still have control of the, the ball the entire, the entire second half um, because we, the, 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 each phase of this team is learning or has learned how important it is to play off one another, right? Uh, the landlord, Honey Badger. He's he's supporting the offense. The offense is supporting the special teams. Special teams supporting the defense. Uh, we 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 went a, we went a whole uh, thirty minutes and didn't mention one of the greatest punters in hit NFL history <laughs> because he's been underused, right? Because yeah. our offense has been so effective, we don't punt a lot. But when we do, he puts him inside the ten. And our defense loves making the other team try. Come in here, try to go ninety yards to get the pay dirt. And even if you do get seventy yards and you're inside the twenty. Our red zone defense is number one in the league, one of the top red zone defense in the league. So all those things are just its just putting more and more layers of why this team is so successful and why they're being coached. Um, and you see penalties going like it's just so many reasons this team is, uh, like you're saying, when the smoke clears and there's one team left, odds on that, she, that team's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Takeaways, too. I mean, the team has just turned it around. You mentioned red zone. Can't, this is a defense that will turn you over. They'll sack you. They'll stone you in the run game. They'll get you three and out. Now you've got to give the ball to Mahomes. Plus, you get to the red zone, seven red zone takeaways. Best in the league by far. Four goal-to-go takeaways. Mm. Four goal-to-go takeaways. By far the best in the league. League average is one. This is one of the best in NFL history at doing it. People say, well, that's luck. No, to me, it's a mindset. Yes, right. You play defense. I don't care if you got the, the first and goal at the one to this team is just the start of life. And that's what I love <laughs> about this defense. And that's why they can win in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, it's, it's, hey, keep them snapping the ball. You just keep you keep you, you fight you claw whatever you got to do chase the man down push him out at the one give us an opportunity to keep him out of the red the, the end zone give the give this defensive core an opportunity do whatever you have to do um, and individually to win your battles to make sure they have to keep snapping the ball we have shown time and time again collectively this unit will step up they they'll step up in some form some form some fashion at some point in the game uh, they're going to rise up and create a big play so that Pat Mahomes can turn around and go score the other way or we get a big punt return or kickoff return whatever it needs to be done um, uh, more times than that the Chiefs ended up making the plays that need to be made and I think that's just come with starting week one of training camp and and, and just doing fundamentally sound football, becoming better tacklers on defense, becoming better pass runners on offense, becoming a better quarterback at setting your feet, stepping up into the pocket instead of bailing out. Um, 
um, receivers running your routes on time and, and not freelancing as much. Uh, offensive line um, adding depth to the roster so that if somebody was to go down, we wouldn't lose um, 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 the quality or the level of play because we missed a Wiley or we missed a Fisher or we missed a uh, LTD or somebody like that. I mean, each every position in this in this offense and defense and special teams it has been tested throughout the season. Um, and you know how you know what, what they say, man. When you you build up that scar tissue, you gotta you gotta tear a muscle up to build that scar tissue. This team has been torn, 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 and now they're as strong as they're gonna be going into the postseason, man. And I, and I, I love what I'm seeing from the guys on the field. He's Sean Barber. I'm Mitch Holtz's voice to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are not at the summit. This has been a climb up Kilimanjaro. 12 and 4, two seed. AFC playoffs, divisional playoffs start next Sunday at 2.05 at Arrowhead Stadium. But you can see the summit from here. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs Official Podcast Network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.